my finger is cramped, but I'm here. This is like oh. this is the point of the postseason where I'm playing through injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue what Shot. just happened with my finger. It's kind of numb. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what I. Just Which did. finger was it? Like Ring my finger? right pinky finger. Oh really? That sounds yeah. like a, a funny bone issue. Your you funny bump... bones like your. Uh, yeah, up but it shoots up. Oh, it it shoots up through through the side of your. Haven't you ever hit your funny bone before, Sean? No. What? I don't Wait, have no, hold, on. hold on, hold on. Don't <laughs> tell I me. I don't have a never... humorous. <laughs> oh, oh my that's God. obvious. Talk about a great start <laughs> to the episode. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just cramped. I'm getting older. Like I turned 25 in like six wow. or seven months, whatever, depending on how you count it. And you know. Nothing fun happens after you turn twenty five, and your body just starts breaking down. And what are people? Isn't it like thirty? I think no, 30 people is, said thirty. We're almost thirty three. We'll be thirty three. When you turn thirty, no one cares about your birthday really anymore. Yeah, I think that's what I've heard too, and it's kind of true. I don't even care about my birthday, but the thing is, I've never really cared about my birthday because I always share it with my brother. Yo, so what's up, bro? What's up? <laughs> but people, like, I never remember people's birthdays, and yeah. then I like I've I have a history of missing like friends' birthdays and like not calling them. Or Shout out to our them. good friend Jake. Uh, we were somewhat preoccupied over Memorial Day, and we missed his birthday. And I woke up at like I at two in the morning. I woke up out of sleep. I was like jolted awake because I forgot that we were supposed to call him that day, and I had forgotten. So I texted him. Anyway, this is a long. We're at the point where there's not a lot going on except for the playoffs. <laughs> Off season stuff hasn't started yet because it's still the playoffs. Um, the narratives are starting to drive Luke crazy. He has a list of grievances he sent Sean before the episode that he wants to talk about. Uh, so we're yeah. Sean, Sean said he was going to. Sean's going injured. To me. <laughs> Sean's injured. He injured himself right before we started, which is a microphone-related injury. No, it wasn't uh, microphone. I was like playing with a pen in my hand. Okay, and the Avalanche and and, uh, and, and Oilers started. They're in the first period right now as we record. One. It is 1-1 with basically six minutes left in the first. That's what the NHL website says because I don't have another screen over here for me to watch the game. But if there's any indication with Sean's activity on the Evolving Hockey Twitter account, I'm assuming he's been completely checked out for the last week. <laughs> this would be my my guess. Semi, semi-checked out. Friday, I, well, I think I said it. I like, literally went on like three hikes. Like, it was, I, I oh, yeah, really right. took a break. This, well, I watched the the games this weekend but um i largely took a took a break which was good refreshed yeah. long weekend we did, yeah did you do anything fun for uh memorial day uh recovered from my sunburn on oh. sunday <laughs> was the sunburn from hiking no so i went to um the division two and division three ncaa men's lacrosse championships in oh, east Hartford. that's outdoors yep Oh, I didn't they, know they that. They play lacrosse outdoors. Well, I've seen a lot of lacrosse in stadiums, right? Like indoors. So they do, like they would have like the uh, indoor league. What was that? Um, MLL, I think it was Major League Lacrosse, which is like a different type of lacrosse. It's like, and then you have box lacrosse. And well, that is box lacrosse, right? I'm not a huge lacrosse expert, but it was like <laughs> fun to go to like a different type of event. And it's also fun to like go watch. Um, a sport that's like similar to hockey, if you will, but that, yeah, that's not, and it like makes you like appreciate that. I guess I don't know. Like, yeah, different. there's different aspects of hockey that I think we oftentimes overlook. Um, like Jason Spezza, perfect. I, I kind of cried on Sunday when when Jason decided to retire. Newly minted uh, Toronto Maple Leafs front office employee now. Yes. Yeah, crazy how that works, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but he said before, like, one of his, like, more, like, I guess, underrated skills is, like, his reach, his ability to, like, gather passes um, from, like, long distances. And, like, it's kind of like a skill you don't talk about. But with, like, the cross, you have to, like, catch it on the end of the stick. You have to physically catch something that's coming through the air. And it's, like, you kind of appreciate that part of, like, passing, I guess. I don't know. See, I don't know anything you about don't, lacrosse. You, you wouldn't appreciate that as much in hockey because it's just... You take it for granted in yeah. hockey because the puck's on the ice, generally. It, and you it, could play pucks to space. Yeah. But and it's also the ability like, so- to, to receive passes is something that I think somebody that plays the game probably um, would appreciate. But somebody who just like has never played the game, especially at like a high level like myself, you just kind of like overlook that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's... it. What are it's the team like, sizes? I don't even know anything about lacrosse. What is the main difference other than no ice and not a puck and no stick uh, and, I don't know, like so rules-wise? Like, they have actual – so you can only have six people on a side at once. So, like, think Including about the, the zones are basically set at the half the half field mark, whatever you – but I don't know. Yeah. I'm blanking on like what you would call the red line in, in hockey. And yeah. you could only, there's nine players plus a goalie and you could only have six players in the offensive or defensive side of the field at a time. And that's, that's both teams. Yep. So you have, okay. you have, you basically split your positions up into three. So you have three attack, three middies, three defensemen. The defensemen, generally speaking, don't go across the half field and they have like a larger stick and the attack, uh, Nathan McKinnon just scored. The attack don't come back, uh, generally speaking. So they kind of pull like an Alex Ovechkin, if you will. And um, don't they don't defend? <laughs> they don't defend. <laughs> so I mean, that's like a that's a major rule um, change that kind of like structures it. And you have like they're very set, kind of like basketball. You generally speaking have like set offense and set defense. There's not as much of a transition game because of this and just the way everything works because you always have like defensemen back it's it's kind of hard to like really have like a true transition game like you're not gonna get like a three on two just based on how everything works so it's like a little bit more slower tactical uh they they one part i love about the sport is that you use the back of the net the area behind the net love it okay yeah they create offensive behind the net it's tremendous generally speaking yeah, you either have one or two uh, guys posted behind the net at a time in your offensive structure, and that's how hockey should work as well. So, but no, no, it's always an even strength in lacrosse, though. No, you can go man up. Oh, uh, for penalties? Yeah, so like say a cross okay. check as an example, and like so you can go man up for between thirty seconds and like two minutes. So it is pretty similar. I mean, that's one of the big things that I think is really unique for hockey, at least comparing to other sports. Like we've done a lot of. Uh, obviously, I mean, baseball and hockey are not all that comparable from a rule standpoint, but like with basketball, one of the big differences between, I mean, probably the biggest other than the no goalies. I'm not sure if the strength states dif- differing in hockey and would be bigger than, I guess that that's probably no not goalies as big as no bigger. goalies. Yeah. Um, or just having a basket. You but know. it's like in basketball, if there was a goalie, like somebody sat on the net, yeah. <laughs> sat on top of the... Of the Seems of like the, that'd be broken though. Yeah, that wouldn't work. If you had somebody, if you had goalies in basketball, 
<laughs> they well, had the, they were blindfolded. That, like, you have the net. What you? Well, I guess you just maybe you lower the basket and then you have somebody who's in front of the basket at all times. Or maybe that seems turn, dangerous. Turn I think the basket now you're just on, creating handball. Turn so. the basket. Yeah. <laughs> turn the basket so it's vertical with the ground and you throw anyway, it. Anyway, okay. This is enough. This is <laughs> okay. enough. We'll get on to. Yeah. Luke's getting a little little uptight over there. Well, all right. Let's need do, to, this is a hot, evolving hockey yeah, podcast. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you for the rules of and the the the, the story uh, sidetrack of oh, lacrosse. I, I will say. Lacrosse people will, will be quick to tell you that lacrosse is actually the national sport of Canada. I've kind of heard this. Gretzky over the was years. better than better at lacrosse than hockey. Really, lacrosse people love to say. Is that true? I no one, highly no one doubt he's know. actually better at lacrosse than hockey, but I hear he's a very good lacrosse player. It's like how you hear about um like certain uh athletes who end up in a sport but were drafted or like played multiple sports in high school. Like, I mean, it wasn't uh who am I thinking of um. Well, well Joe, like Joe Maurer is the one that's coming to mind right now. Who was, you know, I don't, you know Joe Maurer, Sean. This is the most Minnesota bias. Yes, of course I do. Yeah, well, he was uh, he was really really good at football, I guess too, as a quarter a quarterback. I think I'm pretty sure he's a quarterback. And I, yeah. Like most, I mean, not, this is what's funny is like most athletes who are really good at a sport probably played multiple sports when they were in high school, and so a lot of them were. But I, who is the, there's another football player who was like a really like good Kyler pitcher. Murray. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Well, no, the one I I remember is Colin Kaepernick did the Bo opening Jackson. Pi- yeah, Bo Jackson. <laughs> but Colin Kaepernick, have you ever seen him throw out the opening pitch? I think it was at a Giants game. No, he just it was like he throwing heat. Like he threw like <laughs> is that I, I'm trying to think like he looked like he like seriously college pitcher level like like really good opening pitch. I think Russell Wilson did that too. So Baker Mayfield's like a good baseball player. I don't think he played like college lacrosse. Uh, college lacrosse, college baseball. Anywho, we can we can get back yeah. onto Luke's. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I was just sorry. So to connect the two. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the segue uh, attempt, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely derailed it. So, um, what? Okay. Second round's done. First, the third round, the conference finals are started. Um, we had, uh, well, Luke, let's do a little recap for us. Luke. I don't want to do a recap. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, here's what I was saying is that I, like, I've said this before. I love the first round. Second round is where it starts to kind of get, just turn into narratives. And then third round is just like, it's all out the window. And then it's all, the narratives just drive everything that's explaining what's going on on the ice. And it's just like really... It's a pet. It's every all of its pet peeves to me. Yeah, it's there's like, there there are a lot. I mean, there's been well, what's the big one? I mean, the, now the big one is the uh, the McConference Finals. You know, the yeah. Mc- <laughs> Did you see that tweet? Kane, shout out Kane's Budsman. Uh, had the McDavid versus McKinnon. What is this? The McConference Finals, <laughs> <laughs> which really was a good one. But that seems to be the narrative going into. It's like people are like, oh, it's McDavid versus McKinnon. And it's like, well, how, I don't know. I wrote this up in our preview, but like, I mean, you know, it's McDavid versus like the whole Avalanche team, you know. Well, I, it's I, it's McDavid and Drysidle versus yeah. all of the Avalanche. Yeah, but it and was Evander Kane probably too. Those are the three. And uh, Yamamoto has has been pretty good, I think. Uh, low key, N- not you know, this is a evolving hockey player. That but this is like, know. it's kind of like remember when the Oilers started with the like the most insane power play performance, like the like they started last regular season that way, and then they completely fell down to earth. Like you mean? This, I don't know. Wasn't this season that they started like that? Yeah, I mean this regular season. So yeah. last this yeah this past regular season, the twenty one twenty two regular season, um, and then they completely fell down to earth. And like McDavid and and Drysaddle had just been scoring at such a ridiculous rate. I mean, even for them, it's like kind of an unsustainable. Like I don't know. And like Mike Smith has been playing way better than. Like he I mean, was pretty it, shaky last round, but like it was. He still got at, his Mike Smith in him. 
Oh, yeah. One. He had a game where he, had, he saved like almost three goals above expected against the Flames in one of those games. So it's like, yeah, it was just. Uh, well, and then he let it. I mean, there was that in, that incredible 135 foot goal he let in. Oh, which it was, was really funny. We immediately had people um, like like adding us on Twitter about. <laughs> what are you looking at, Sean? What's going on? I'm just watching the game. Oh, okay. Um, but we, we had uh, people immediately ask us what the XG value on that was, which was kind of funny because I went and looked. And I mean, I tweeted out a thread or whatever, but if anybody missed it, it was it's like... It's like the survivor bias type of... It was like well, point zero zero. Four, zero five, five or something like it was, no, it was zero point zero zero four well, five. The funny thing was that our site it was a oh it was a bit of a glitch is that our site it, it cut off the third decimal. It's not a glitch. Well, it's just the rounding. It showed as point zero it's a, point. It's a, it rounds to the nearest two decimals for that. And there's so, a half a percent chance of going in. Is basically yes, that's what it was. Um, which is funny because people then started responding because it showed zero point zero zero xg, which was really funny. <laughs> Um, we went back and which is like that's there's no shot in our data data that has a zero xg. They all have a greater than zero probability of going in the net, which is that's how. I don't know if I've ever. You know what? I have seen our win probability in-game win probability model go up to a hundred before or yeah. zero. But well, that's kind of like just a like I don't know. It's just <laughs> rounding. Anyway, we went and looked, and there was a couple goals uh, that were the funny thing was the reason why that. 132 foot Rasmus Anderson shot was a little higher than a few other sh- like goals in our database was because there was an Evander Kane takeaway right or a no, giveaway. giveaway giveaway right before the shot um and so it was like two seconds before which is included we have prior events in the XG model uh and so it there were a few other ones we went I was trying to find some some other goals that had lower ones there was uh who was it who who oh who it was the I one I, we posted it it was the um, Ottawa Montreal game and I don't know playoffs it, was it Van Riemsdyk no uh it was someone I can't remember, um, and it was like a zero. Uh, it was an own goal. It, yeah, was, it was basically own goal. a goalie own goal <laughs> that was from like no, well, not it, a it goalie. Was, no, it, it was, was from center ice. The shot was from from the boards, like by the benches, to and it went like behind the net, and then the goalie tried to. It was like in front of their net, and they like I don't know what they did. Was but this they, from like, like the two thousand fifteen? It was twenty fifteen, and I don't remember. 20, I think it was. It, it wasn't a goalie own goal Luke it was another player it it was a shot from center ice by the benches and it went behind the and it bounced off the boards back in front of the goal and one of the Montreal players I can't remember who it was tried to like deflect it away and just shot basically shot it in the net it was an own goal uh and it was just funny because there were no events before it there was nothing else it came from the middle of the ice up against the boards, and so that was a lower XG value than the Anderson goal. I think the lowest one I, I we saw in our database was it was like it was old. It was like from 2008 or 2009. So I don't think we could find a video of it. It was like point zero zero two three, so like point two three percent chance. So it is kind of funny looking at the and this is like these you get into like the outlier things. So like they'll there might be like some like errors at those ends where it's like this is out of a hundred thousand shots I was looking. So it's like. You're going to get some weird things because, you know, the NHL, you know, they, they've gotten a lot of criticism they had for their, like, recording, like, w- their, like, errors in their data. But, like, all when it, when it's all said and done, their data is, like, 
like remarkably accurate like given considering, how, yeah. considering how many events there are and, and it's people tracking this yeah. historically um, so it's like funny because one of them was like i went and looked i think the lowest one was just a clearly wrong shot that we should probably fix that because it's hard to find these unless you go and do these weird like well, searches yeah, or it's queries like, it's but like it how- was it was uh i think a trevor i think it was trevor uh might have been is it wait <laughs> james van reams like right isn't that the other yeah. brother <laughs> um you knew it, Trevor, but not I James. I knew Tra- James. Is he still in the league? I don't yeah, think. he was on the Flyers. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> oh I don't know. God, this series is nuts. Sean's, yeah. It. We're doing this right in the middle of the. Of Did the it, so it's 2 2, I'm seeing. Did Colorado no, three, score? It's 3 2, yeah. Anyway, um, we're, we're way down a rabbit hole here. Uh, how, my how point, many seconds my left? point was the lowest XG goal in our database 6. was a clear, like, five foot shot that just got recorded on the other side of the ice. So no, those, it wasn't. It got yeah, no, that's what like, it was. That's no, what it, it got was. recorded. That's exactly like, what it was. Okay, can we move on to, yeah. to your okay. grievances now? Okay, sure. Yes. I have a list of grievances <laughs> that we must address. <laughs> these are like thick bullet points. I, that's what in the Slack. Did. Like, these are thick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did en- shift enter. To get a new line, and then I just did dash, and it, re- it auto formatted it into. Uh, but can I read your grievances in the bullets that they're listed? We can go one by one. Sure. The way he he phrased them were funny. Well, Sean can read them. If Sean Here, wants here's to. what Luke wrote. I, w- I he was wrote th- this uh, two hours ago, and he sent it to Sean, and he said, "I'm gonna because we were talking about this yesterday." So here's what Luke wrote. Reminder to me. Remind me. Uh, I think you said reminder to me of yeah, things. I was writing a note to myself. Oh, I thought about talking about on the podcast. <laughs> First bullet. Playoffs are annoying because all rational thought about player evaluation goes out the window. Yes. Boom. Second agree. Completely agree with that People don't understand that good teams have a lot of good players and bad teams don't. Wow. (laughs) Very good analysis there. We'll get into that. Point three. Nachushkin would be the best player on like five NHL teams. (laughs) (laughs) Point four. Goalies seem to be having a larger impact on these playoffs than in past seasons. So, Which is something I wanted to talk about, too. So we kind of already touched Sean's on Sean's mind. One. His his face, his mind is blown. I think no, from... there's a there's an offside review. Oh, <laughs> um, Sean just could not care less. About so we're starting at the top here. Well, I already top, read them. The list of grievances has been list read. of grievances. <laughs> I have declared my grievances, and you should add in. Um, can I, I add my gra- airing of the grievances? I'm going to add in a point that skater points don't matter, and they're they're made up. <laughs> like whose line is it anyway? For the yeah, points don't matter. <laughs> what? Yeah, but that's kind of separate to this. Okay. No, I know. To start off here, all right, what you find is annoying, I think is the best part of playoffs. Yeah, no, that's fair. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Disproven and then agreed upon. No, I'm saying that that's my opinion. And if you. That's annoying? Yeah, to me. Like, I don't have a problem with you enjoying it. But why is it annoying? Like, why is it annoying to you? Do you not, like, find it, like, at least funny? No. Do you not find, or do you not find, like, I I feel like your therapist now, but, like, do you not find, (laughs) you're into analytics, right? Supposedly. Like, somebody who's not even into this. You're into analytics. You have this extra knowledge, if you will, this extra sense of rationality in which you find truth in the numbers. Do you not find some sort of strength from (laughs) being able to be rational in times when others are irrational? Well, it's the thing is you can't be rational in the playoffs. That's the thing. Like you have like five. Like I said, this, the rational th- you line can of thought. Be. Like no, the like, rational line of thought in the playoffs is that none of this is matters and we should ignore it. That's the that's the <laughs> rational line of thought. But like to some extent, like Daryl Sutter was kind of pretty rational. 
What do you this mean? Play, this playoffs. Well, like he took the the L like like a king, and like yeah. his whole like all these interviews, he was basically just like, "Isn't it a great day? Like we're all gonna get to like." It was a little bit like, "Is this guy is is marijuana legal in Alberta?" Uh, like, I thought it was he all seemed Canada. Blasted. Like he <laughs> thought it was all Canada. He's yeah, so peaceful. Sure. I'm like, he's got a. There's something with this guy because he's just like, it's a great day. Like we're gonna be playing hockey. It's spring. You know. I saw like geese out in my yard. Well, but this doesn't have anything to do with like what I'm. That is being. He about, was rational. Though. He took the L. He said like like the. I, yeah, I would but disagree with like, him. But like the best player in the world basically came and beat us. Like he was pretty rational I, about the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the, you're coming up with one example where it, <laughs> I'm talking about the shift. It the entire Twitterverse loses their minds over these players that no one's not just ever Twitter watched either, before. But. Like I'm just saying that like but who pe- who 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 is that? Well, I'm just saying it's a general thought about how Twitter how Twitter works. Like Philip Cheadle, Heedle, Heedle. You know, like and and um you know, just players, oh, they didn't score uh, any points in these games. Like they've disappeared in the playoffs. They're not clutch. They don't perform when it matters most. You know, these type of takes. They still are all around. You see takes about these players may like people it's like i don't know also it's like now all of a sudden like we're getting this like mckinnon and mcdavid are the best players in the world and it's like no Mc, i hear here's a hot take mckinnon isn't even the best skater on his team like that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> i don't think that's a hot take i think that's that's a very cold take at this point well, well it's, i'm uh, saying that it seems like given it's, the it's marketing, really really cold but i'm saying no, that's given not the that marketing, cold. i would i would be very suspicious of anybody that would still say that I think oh, a lot I don't, of people. I still think say there's. It. You say that on Twitter, and then see what there is. If we said that on Twitter, you genuinely I, think that that the majority of the population still believes that McKinnon is better than McCarr, and like yes, I, well, I think even I, McKinnon's kind of saying coming out and saying this. Like McCarr's is a generational defense. But I'm guy. saying that Rantanen is the best player on the Avalanche. Over McCarr. I'm saying. Over McCarr. Well, that's the thing is comparing forwards and defensemen is like it doesn't matter. We're getting it's difficult. I I would say yes. I would say that it's a hotter take to say say that Rantanen's better than McKinnon, and I don't think you're that wrong. Rantanen, McCarr, and Taves. Those players are I would say are all better than now. Taves. Taves is definitely the hot take. That's a hot take. But if you look, you know, if you check the statistics, (laughs) you know, I'm just saying that like I've seen a lot of. The thing is, Taves will always get punished because he plays in Makar. Like yeah, so it just always makes it a a hot take by people. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I will come in and clarify or not clarify. Uh, Let's so Sean or Luke is arguing that people don't have rational thoughts in the playoffs. Sean is saying, well, people do, but they said Daryl Sutter, Daryl Sutter did after the loss (laughs) of the Oilers. (laughs) I think the point here, and this is something that I think what your original point here, your original point here, Sean, was that like, it's kind of entertaining for you how people and the playoffs in general, and the way in people approach the playoffs is entertaining because it's a different kind of environment than the regular season. And there's, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure exactly where you're, what the, what you're, where you were coming from there. <laughs> well, I just don't understand why it's so. The regular season is the best um, tournament to crown a champion, right? Yes. Yeah. And once you've accepted that, okay, I think but the playoffs don't. are almost like this little vacation, if you will, in which you could just sort of sit there and be irrational. And as long as at the end of the year you come back to rationality, like. You know, it's it's just like your chance to like take a break and just yeah. be like, 
you got to play tough in the playoffs, blocking shots like <laughs> Derek that's Forbert. That's the worst. You know, See, I, I, that's I would the, argue. I would argue that that some people like you and I think I would say that I. This is just how I approach the playoffs as well. Is I just think the playoffs are kind of fun because it's a like a weird short like slice of what actual like I think hockey in terms of what we can actually say but what a lot of people do is they take the playoffs and then they make a lot of decisions off of that around how players who play which players are good which players are bad like they put there's just way too much but then emphasis. that gets back to my point to Luke where it's like well th- doesn't that make you feel better because you're able no, to like, no. see through that because it's more it's just I think what Luke is saying is he's annoyed he has to read these takes yes. on Twitter at this point after yeah it's like years melts my brain there's takes that like people <laughs> responding to us but I think like, they're generally getting better they are, yes. I would yeah, say Yeah, I that's know, true. but com- I'm saying compared to the regular season, it it go it just completely shifts. What I so I had a tweet. I was mostly referencing. It never ceases to amaze me how five to fifteen games of the NHL playoffs completely changes people's opinions of players, right? And then I have people responding to me about comparing McDavid's points in the playoffs versus Matthews' points in the playoffs, and it's like. This is not how we like this. We're we're going back ten years here. <laughs> if we're doing that, if we're just talking about offense, you're missing like that's fifty percent of the game. Not just offense with points, but, yeah, pe- points. but people do that in the regular season. Like if you're know, really less- close with following a team, and you have others that are like that. Like I'm sure like the R Wild account is very wild during the regular season, no pun intended. <laughs> like, in, like, these little Ted games stints. Like, a player gets hot in the regular season, like, all of a sudden, you know, like, that, that's what happened with the Bruins. The Bruins got hot. Like, Eric Holler got hot. He scored a few points around the trade deadline, and somehow, like, Bruins fans, like, thought they didn't have a problem at center, and then, like, they entered the playoffs, and they probably would have liked Andrew Kopp because I think they're coming out of that and going to the Eastern Conference Finals if they had a, like a little bit more depth. Yeah, I would say that I think the difference is that in people in regular season are a lot more willing to say, oh, a slump is a slump and a hot streak is a hot streak. But in the playoffs, people just look at what they did in a series and then they just essentially assume that that's what the player is. And I just think it's a little bit... Um, this has been happening forever, and I think Luke is just bringing this up because he's seen yes. it again. And he's I'm irritated. seeing it, yes. And yeah. I, that's all I'm saying is that yeah. it's, it's, it's a, I, I see some takes. Okay, and enough, it's like, uh, anyway, enough, yeah, enough on what this is point. the second point? I'm very confused. People don't understand that good teams have a lot of good players and bad teams don't. <laughs> okay, this has to do with Josh asked. He was discussing this and asked if uh, Nichu, Valer, Valerie Nachushkin <laughs> is a top 30 player in the NHL. Well, a skater, I think you said. Okay, so yeah. these two are related. The kind next of. one of. Because okay. then I was arguing with people, um, or people were like arguing with us in response to that, or to what Josh tweeted, basically saying that there's 30 teams in the league. Like you're saying that 32. He, there's 32 teams, and you're saying he would be. That would mean he's the best. He would be the best player on one, uh, an NHL team. And my answer is yes, he would be, because there are like do you know how bad Arizona is like. <laughs> Do people know how bad Montreal and Arizona were last year? Like at the very like, and, and it's it's just people don't like they're they were like criticizing like our models for being like oh they have team effects like they're not accounting for the team impacts as as much as they should be. And it's like well, good teams have a lot of good players. That's why they're good. And the bad teams don't have a lot of good players, which is why they're bad. And it's like that's just how it works. Among other things, yes. Among <laughs> others, other than goalie. You could have a bad goalie, and then it doesn't matter. But I think the point was that some people, and this is it, kind of is ties into. Well, like it's the, mostly like, well, Luke. It kind of ties into like the heart race or the MVP race. Is that people think like it, you can't have two heart candidates on one team? 
that's it's a similar thing, but it's like I would argue that no, like a well, really it, good team might have like we've had this a couple of years where we've had like in our top five, I think we had McDavid, like, McDavid and Drysidle, yeah, in their or top like five you or know McCart or whatever, yeah, or McCarr and, yeah, and Rantanen. Or technically, something like that. the definition is most valuable to their team, but like, I think that the thing is that if you're making if you're trying to make the best team, you want to have as many good players as you can. And talent distribution is not equal on each team. That's kind of what I'm saying, is that across the league, each of the 30 teams doesn't have the same talent distribution on their roster as, like, you know, Colorado or, I don't know, Florida or the Leafs or Tampa. Like, their high end, their roster talent is much higher than Arizona and Montreal and like, you know, Buffalo and Detroit. Like, that's just how it works. And it was just kind of like, I don't, I, there were a lot of people who just didn't seem to understand that, like, well, I, anyway, I think really you, where it came from is that question about like top 30. I guess a lot of people think about the top 30 as like you take the best player from every team and that's your top 30. Yeah, maybe NHL, that is how they think about it, which I, I hadn't really come across. But I think that is how some people seem to approach that is that you would take every, you know, you take the top player from every team. That's the top 30 players in the league, um, which I don't really agree. But I think that's a it, I mean, it no, makes, that's it, not how you do it. But it, it kind of makes sense. I understand why people do it is because it's a like easy kind of like, oh, if I think about it this way, and then you could also do top 60, and then it would basically be more or less like the top two from every team. That's kind of an easy shorthand I think some people have, which I don't agree with. And, but we just saw it pop up after I asked if Nachushkin was a top 30 player, <laughs> top 30 skater in the NHL. <laughs> Sorry, Sean, you look like you were going to say something. I don't know. I'm a little bit blown away by this conversation. What's blown you away? Just everything. Like, the one <laughs> thing, though, that I think, if we're able to bridge the gap here, Well, I don't, what? These models aren't aren't perfect, right? And I think the one concern that someone might have, especially if they didn't build the model, is team effects. And I think that's rash a rational concern to have, or a rational, I guess, way to think about your residuals, if you will. I don't know. Like, would you say that that team effects are perfectly built in? And, and you would say no, even as the model builder. Like well, to I the best of that, your ability, to, yes, and it's I would pretty say that good. They're, they're built in as best as we can, and the thing is that so with our Gar model, for instance, we have to it's it's built on an above average standpoint. So and then we have to implement a team adjustment after the fact because the one thing I think people don't maybe maybe people don't under we don't we I don't think we've ever talked about it. This is that essentially there's a lot of people who I I see this criticism a lot. Like for instance, like well. Moritz Sider on the Red Wings. Well, he's on a bad team, and so you need to adjust for him being on a bad team, right? And so then the flip side of that is, well, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't know, Burakovsky or Nachushkin. Well, they're on the Avalanche, so of course they're going to be good, so you need to adjust for that. But it's like you can't really do that because then essentially if you bring every team to average, like if you bring – so say – you bring the Avalanche down in terms of their ratings because they're just good, and you bring like the 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 Coyotes up. So basically, it would be like you're centering, you're you're bringing everybody to average, so you can compare everyone to the. Here, let me put it this way: It's as if you if you centered each team. So when I say centered, I mean you're adjusting above or below average. So you would be comparing every player to the mean results of their team. 
And then in that case, that would be making the t- say a, I don't know who is a who is the fifteenth a zero point or zero goal differential team. We'll just go off goal differential here. They're zero, so that would be you're trying to get every team so that their um, results are be- down or up to zero goal differential. If that makes sense, if when you sum up all their players, that their players' talent makes sums to zero. And so if you do that though, then you basically say well. Actually, you know, the Avalanche players aren't as good as you say because you're not like looking at their um, impacts relative to their team. Like, I don't know. Is this making any sense? But I don't I, know. No, what, where are you no. getting to? What's but your I think, point? But I think well, I'm you're, saying you're, that you can't do that because then the the sum of every players like of every team's skaters doesn't add up to what their actual goal performance is. Like from a philosophical standpoint of a GAR model, you can't, it doesn't work that way. But what I think you're like missing here is like people aren't going to that far of thinking, I think. Oh, I think, people. no, they are. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Some people are. I think for the more casual new person with the analytics with their concerns with, with team effects, I think it's like more of like the intangible type of aspects or things that you're not really measuring like your systems um the culture oh, like yeah, the fact sure. that you're playing in like a losing culture like it's very hard to play in buffalo where like you're just so used to losing the because f- again your inputs then create the outputs right and if like you're in a terrible mental state like ryan o'reilly was before he went to to st louis granted ryan o'reilly i think was still quite good in the yeah, metrics was, but i think yeah you know, that could affect you as well. And I think that's where people's concerns are. It's like things that you might not be measuring in terms of like playing on a better team or on, on a worse team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, I, that, I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think necessarily for everybody it goes that deep. And that's why like it's a, a concern beyond just like a model as well. Yeah. It, I, well, and so I, I will yeah. say just to kind of follow up on that, I completely, that wasn't what I was saying. I was saying that I guess I know exactly what you're saying, yeah, but that's like I'm how just saying, I, I think you're missing what other people are. Well, that's what mostly how I interpret it. So, like, I saw a lot of this when the when the Calder discussion came up. Like, people were talking about Moritz Sider and how he was expected. Like, the the Red Wings didn't have any other defensemen, and he's just having to carry such a load for a rookie. And I think that that should be. I don't know. I think that it wasn't that you need to adjust for that because, first of all, we can't adjust for that really. Like, because it's like, well, that's a completely subject. That's like an opinion. Well, like, we are, are. I would say that we are adjusting for it already, but people are. I think what people do is they wait kind of their own, like, not a. It's not even a model standpoint. It's just people think, oh, this is a rookie and he's playing. Like, this is the same thing with, like, when was it Ekblad? Did he win the Calder? He was in the conversation his first year. Same yeah, he won Brodine. the Calder. He was good. Brodin was playing with Suter his first year. Like that's something that happens over the years. Is people just say, "Oh, he was given first pair duty," and he, you know, and that's he did really well there. And so people then kind of add points on to a player, you know, for how they're considered a Calder. And I think, but we do do that, and there are adjustments that we do for the team strength and overall adjust for these things. I think what Sean is saying is that which I. Well, I understand it's hard to. This is one of the limitations, obviously, with Twitter is that you maybe can't get into the nuances of what people's arguments actually are. I think what uh, people, a lot of people do is they just like take into account, like, you know, like right now, like Montreal, you know, coming out, players coming out of Montreal or like those old Buffalo teams, right? Is that they were so bad and it was not even just the team but also just the they were set up to lose what that does to a player is that long term like it's hard to I think with some people just have this natural or inherent like they just discount some stats for players on those kind of in those situations both ways I think now I think it's a little bit worse if you do it on like the good from the good teams because 
We've seen this with like you know like the Avalanche have a lot of good free agents this offseason, and a lot of people I've seen this you know with Burakovsky or Nachushkin specifically because they're a little bit probably on the high side in terms of their points the last year, and our projections are a little bit higher than some people maybe think they should be, and people are like don't trust that like for instance if if Nachushkin went to another team that he'd be able to do what he's done now, which I don't agree with, but that's kind of something that we've seen up come up too. Well, um, I, the thing is though, Nachushkin you'd have to admit is probably playing has with the avalanche has played at his like max potential quite close to his max potential yeah i, I would because say he's playing so. for a great team he's playing with great teammates and he's a good player and he's been phenomenal and he wasn't that necessarily with dallas he went back to europe all that other jazz and like i do think like if he left there is going to be a, a fall in his production and it's a matter of like how much so well, you're well, but how do you? What do you well, like, this is where the issue is production. So, like, people would look at points here, but I'm not. Well, I'm talking. talking about I'm that. talking like his overall contributions. So what yeah. you would call, what many would call, like their value or whatever. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, Nutrition's probably close to his max, and that's because Colorado's a great organization, and I think you have a better idea of where he is because he's at his max. And I don't know how far he falls going to any sort of different team. But the, the I will say the the funny thing about that is like for instance if like when I've done like so I don't know if we talked about repeatability tests like on metrics so how well something is I guess autocorrelation is also what it's called like looking at from year one to year two how well like so say like last year and this year what the correlation of that is and then you do it for every single player to see with the metric like how repeatable something is and like when I tested it Rapham was the highest had the highest repeatability when compared to on ice goals like on ice Corsi four for instance Corsi four percentage or Corsi four differential Corsi differential and then like relative teammate Corsi differential and then wrap them Corsi differential and every time you isolate something or you you make the model more complex it becomes more repeatable and this was tested on players only players who change teams so like from the th- and yes now there are um, you know, it's not entirely repeatable, so it's very, very possible that that he'll we'll see. You know, if Nachushkin leaves or if any player really, um, it's you know because it's really hard to know. And we talked about this is that if you take a player and put them in a new situation, you know, where they're not comfortable, or you're asking them to do something that they didn't do before, or maybe you know, we I think we talked about this with Vince Dunn is that like he was put in a situation in the Blues where he played really well. He was on like the bottom pair, I think. And then, you know, it's it's like we're not saying that if you move him, if you move a player like Nachushkin from, I don't know, whatever role he's playing now, which seems like he's kind of moved up in the lineup, you know, like as he's played on the avalanche, you know, he's been he's been moved up. I think he started probably in the third, third or fourth line. And then as he's gotten, you know, they've gotten more comfortable with him, he's moved up. So it seems like he has changed roles a lot. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm just like rambling now. Okay, but let's move on. Valdez Shearson's yeah. good. He's better than Dreisaitl. <laughs> let's move on to your <laughs> to your goalies seem to be having a larger impact point. This is just big, a point. big bullet point here. Well, really I thick. so when I was writing up the previews, I didn't, um, and we were a little bit checked out this weekend on some of the fi- the series finals, mostly because we were we were at a, a cabin this weekend at our parents' cabin and uh, for Memorial Day weekend, and I don't have good service up there at all, so we just kind of like we weren't able to do this. But I, I'm pretty sure that. Um, that of uh, uh, um, Vasilevsky's even in just the four games, I think was the 
second best goal save above expected. He was just behind Jake Ottinger now. Like he had such an insane series. Same thing with like Mike Smith was even still pretty good. I mean, Shostorkin was incredible too. So like, I it's just like goalies. I don't and then know. Markstrom like kind of collapsed. Markstrom completely collapsed. And Kemper yeah. was well. I think Kemper was. He looked real shaky in some of the games I watched him. Um, but Markstrom specifically was just he. Every single shot on seemed like that if he didn't, like if it wasn't a goal, it was like going. It was a rebound. Like and I was just like, whoa, boy. And I mean, it's just been kind of crazy. Like it seems this is completely anecdotal and just from my experience, but it seems like goalies have been kind of big, um, have had huge impacts there's, in these there's playoffs. There's more goalies having. Yes. there aren't as many. It doesn't seem like we've had as many like goalie series where the goalie was just average, was just about good. You know, they maybe they saved zero ex- goals above expected kind of thing. Yeah, where like that seems to happen a lot more uh, historically. But this season, it's either or at least I mean, the, so far I mean, we just had some absurd goalie performances in the series that seem to be um, really swaying a lot of things that don't really have uh, that aren't Did specific I... to skaters or whatever. I didn't update this, but do you see what I tweeted? I don't know if anybody's ever gone over it, but it's like the last few years, especially the. Um, so the regular season has been goals have been greater than expected goals by a tad bit. Yeah. Like a small ratio, like a 2%. And then like in the playoffs, it's, it's definitely the goals are less than expected goals by like roughly two percent and it was like really far down this year yeah which is what you're seeing but like it's kind of been like a general trend um abs are about to put up about a nine spot here i think (laughs) they score again they just did four two yeah it's like 32 seconds into the period well mike smith now we're talking about goalies again mike smith's letting four to goals and he's been so all over the place sorry continue sean it's just a really weird trend like i think it's been existing for at least a few years now so if i guess if we're just looking at like the league tables go on head on over to evolvinghockey.com uh and look at the league tables just look at tables league tables are very underutilized by the way they are they're really so this is a thing for anyone who we just had somebody dm about this and um, the league tables, it's standard drop-down league tables, and that is skater averages. So it's not like total team, like the league, it's the the skater averages. So it's like a reference for what's the average, you know, you can look at average forward points per 60 or whatever, and you can look at what's, you know, it's if you do five-on-five on, five on ice, they're all 50% because it's just that's how it works, but like... You know, it's just with the league tables, you uh, that just to make it clear that it's not like team summed stuff. So it's 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 at a skater level, and it's the average skater performance. That's what that those tables are. Yeah. But anyway, anyway so so it is interesting if you just look at the league tables and comparing. I mean, there's a couple ways to do this, but just looking at like goals per sixty versus IXG per sixty, which would just be kind of like the the comparison is that in the regular season that this season specifically. Goals for 60 were at 0.63 per 60, uh, or goals, and then 0.61 for IXG, or, or individual expected goals. Um, last season was 0.59 goals to 0.55 uh, goals in the 1920 season, 0.6 to 0.58. And in the playoffs this season, currently, it's the IXG is 0.67 to goals 0.63 and it's like the difference you're right i haven't really looked at that but like it's about oh that is really interesting the playoffs the ixg is higher and the expected goals have been have been much higher so it's 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 very i don't know it's this playoffs particularly has been interesting and i'm not sure like if there's something like i guess i don't want to say like the way it's being recorded or like i don't think these are actually just putting up far more xg because they're 
there's like a lot less like scrums and physicality surrounding the playoffs this year i think like it's been more yeah. closer to like regular season hockey and you have the you have a higher a better selection of teams i guess if you will so like yeah. xg will be higher because you have the best offensive teams playing that's a, that's a good that seems like a good could be a and good if you're creating why. more quote-unquote like i guess efficient hockey and you're icing your your best players like maybe we're seeing like a little bit of a change yeah that would make sense from the playoffs and also i think that you're probably you probably have the top half of the goalies in the league right in the playoffs so the goalies are better the, the teams are better. The skaters are better. And also, it would. It, I think the thing that people don't well, people realize this, but I think that the same teams playing against each other for like seven games, up to seven games, like that's a very different environment than a regular season. So I think that there's maybe some efficiencies in like systems and like how coaches are evaluating how they're playing against their opponents because you have there's a lot of ways to react um, and to game game plan against a team and teams that are really good at that. You know, you're going to have efficiencies. And I don't know, maybe goalies, like, I thought it would be the other way where, like, shooters would get better reads on a single goalie, and so they would be able to, like, maybe score more goals. But it might actually, you think it might be the, the difference the other way where the goalies actually get more comfortable playing against the opposing players? I don't really know, but... Bit of a chicken there's the egg. a Yeah, there's a lot of different things that could be causing that, but... um it's you know, and it's only a slight change, but I mean, it is noticeable. It seems well, like it's a trend. Goals are way up so far this season in the playoffs. Oh and, yeah. Well, it's another thing, and we I think we're getting close. We didn't talk about this at the front, but we were just going to do a one one parter this time that was a little bit longer. So we're yeah, probably we're getting like forty five. We're yeah. at like forty five minutes yeah. already. We're I don't getting, even know who. This, oh, is this Ryan McLeod, buddy? <laughs> but I, I mean, I, the series is oh, nuts. Four, four three, three already. I would, yeah. I, so we better get going because I want to watch the uh, the rest of this game. But uh, um, yeah, I was noticing that, and we've had some people. Well, when we get into the um, like the full off season, we're talking a little bit more about signings and contract projections. But like you know, kind of an idea about like this season specifically. There were a lot of players who had a lot of points this season, more so than they than in the last year or two, right? This is kind of a dumb thing to say, but when it comes to contract <laughs> projections, that's that matters. Like that's right. how teams play; they pay for those things, and it's kind of an interesting thing to see. We're gonna have to just see how the offseason plays out, but and we'll talk about it a lot more. But that's one of the reasons that's driving kind of some higher projections this year is that there are players who've just kind of came well, out of nowhere. You also, know, you said their that point you also said last year there were some really high contracts. Yeah, that's the other thing. We'll talk about this more, but last season had a ton of very, very high contracts, like at least from a cap percentage standpoint um, compared to year over year, like the number in each each bucket, I guess, if you will, by 10% or something. So, or I guess 1%. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So that's our round two. Uh, we, we went through uh, Luke's list. Oh, yeah. It's round three, bro. Oh, round no, I mean, three. that was our round two coverage, our review of round two. Oh, um, and, and if you didn't, we see, review. Our, I know. You didn't see our round <laughs> three pro- joke. <laughs> you didn't see our round three projections. They're up on the front page of Evolving Hockey. We have uh, Colorado at about 66%, and that's thanks to Cogliano and Jack Johnson. And, and Darren Helm. And Darren Helm. And uh, we have the Tampa Bay at about 53.8% favorites, I think. So, Which is closer. I mean, that's closer Yeah, I was than looking I was at thinking. the average. I retweeted it, but I was looking at the average. The Hockey Skitta account, um, they compiled all of them. And I think we're pretty much in, you know, it's that's kind of like, it seems like the Avalanche are about 65 to 75 ish percent Luke favorites. also Luke also we also learned Luke and I it was really Luke that the tiebreakers changed I didn't know yeah. that they went to regulation wins uh so Roe is no longer the number one tiebreaker I don't know do you know when that happened Sean 
I think people are saying I think it was this year. Was it this year? Okay. Well, well oh, I guess Tabernacle. So. Oh, what a save, eh? <laughs> and somebody, so people were criticizing us, or some one person criticized us and was yeah. mean to you us. You have online. a hockey. What do they say? You have a hockey page, and you didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think they're saying a website. Yeah, it was mean. You know, they were look, being well, mean to me I, online. I, you can't follow I everything. I was very confused with it too. Honestly, I thought like Tampa had more points just because like i know that they're a better team although apparently your model doesn't think so but no like, we have a favorite as the away team oh yeah 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 that's right so I, again i keep forgetting that the rangers are home this year i know, I know. well that's what nuts. i said i was like in the on the avalanche uh besides uh cam mccarr just scored um it's five three yeah <laughs> mike, <laughs> smith, mike smith mike smith mike smith mike smith all right well let's take us <laughs> okay. away sean we have the yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't asked anybody to like, ooh, uh, subscribe or download or like or leave a review of the podcast like lately. So maybe oh, we yeah. should do that. We'll be good podcasters because this is chaotic with pretty much no plan. But Luke kind of had a plan. Today, yeah, so I had good. grievances. It, and let us know in the review if you like Luke's list of grievances. Yeah, we have to I come can up do. With, I can do that more. Is we there can a air synonym grievances. for grievances that has an L that starts with an L, so we can have like some alliteration going on, and we maybe make that a thing. Thesaurus. Luke's list of of uh, uh, Luke's list of <laughs> liabilities in his <laughs> noggin grievance <laughs> grievance symptoms. Uh, LG, noun, but we might get like a copyright. Gripe. Uh, we might get like the what do you call it like copyright strike? Why LG? Oh. LG? <laughs> yeah, Luke's no, grievances. Um, these don't. No <laughs> grievances is the way. Okay. Anyway, spell that wrong. No, uh, yeah. Give us a <laughs> smash that like and subscribe buttons yeah. and uh, download. Leave a review. Give us a like want. button on podcast. I know, we've been. I say this every time. Follow. We, follow us. Follow download. Us. Download. That's um, it. Yeah. Should we make a separate Twitter account for this podcast? No, it's no, fine. No. This is fine. Yeah, We're it's good. fine. Tweet right. about how oh Mike Smith's helmets off. Tweet about how chaotic the podcast is, <laughs> and we'll be back next week. Maybe we should do a mailbag next week. Oh yeah, that's yeah, doesn't have any grievances. That'll yeah, be fun. So that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, people Look can out, air their think own about your, grievances. Think about your mailbag questions. Yes, and uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, take yeah, it easy, Sean. Yeah, see you later, Sean.